0: Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, we welcome back two esteemed guests and great friends of mine and many people in the custom integration industry and CDF family. Jamie Briesmeister joins us from St. Louis, where she is CEO and co-founder of Integration Controls. And Patrick Hartman joins us from Reno, Nevada, where he is General Manager of Technology Design Associates. Patrick and Jamie were the two people who recruited me to help launch the Cedia Business Exchange Conference back in 2014. And that experience created a bond and a friendship that has lasted almost 10 years now. So happy to have them both back on the podcast to talk about Cedia Expo and their um, class that they taught together, which we'll let them describe and tell us the title of but welcome back to the podcast my friends
1: thank you thanks for having thanks, us
0: Thanks, Jeremy. and and i it, it's you've both been on the podcast before um it's been a while for both of you so um it's great to see you again we saw each other at cd expo um i saw jamie on the show floor patrick i saw you getting ready for your class and um that's what kind of caught my eye when i looked back to the to the listing um and then i remembered Just while we were talking before the podcast, that this was the class that you typically teach with um, industry veteran and beloved educator and the instructor, Frank White, but uh, who was under the weather, couldn't make the trip. So you called in a a big favor from a good friend and um, worthy uh, partner in crime. So Jamie came in and saved the day. So we'll talk about that class. But my first question um, to Patrick
2: is, don't you ever work? (laughs) <laughs> you know, you got a lot of nerve jeremy <laughs> that's a running joke you're the one that posts that you're all over the world doing nothing but fun stuff instead of working so that's right you have kind of a running joke with us that's right well yes it, it's been a little less travel lately
0: but uh yeah you do give me a hard time <laughs> and <laughs> the last time i was just waiting for it and, and yeah. you finally commented and i said there it is <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, I purposely it's, posted that just so you, you'd comment on it. <laughs> exactly. Well, so actually, we'll we'll start since Patrick's already chatting here. We'll talk talk about um, what was your observation, what were your feelings there at uh, CD Expo? Um, generally, I felt like the vibe was really great. Um, a lot of people had positive experiences. Uh, generally, how did you feel about the the event?
2: Well, I only had one day on the show floor, but um, two days in education was just jam packed. I mean, virtually every every course was sold out. Um, lots of butts and seats, which is great. Uh, we did offer a couple of um, classes twice this year, which both sold out, or damn, you know, pretty pretty well close to sold out. Um, I think education is hungry. I mean, I there was one class, and I don't know Jamie if we ever did our polling of our class but I know in at least two of my other classes we polled the class and I would say on average it was between 25 and 30 percent newbies Mm. like first timers and I was shocked I mean like that brought back back to you know 2012 2013 when we used to see a lot of newbies and then all of a sudden this year was just an explosion so that's that's promising the people are sending their staff to Expo to learn and to see the new things and the recruitment is up, obviously. Um so from an education standpoint, I was happy to see you know the final numbers look pretty good. Show floor, I thought was um I thought it was better and it seemed to be more people, and as it turned out it was more people than Dallas. Um I think the vibe was there. I think everybody was excited about it. It wasn't packed, it was spread out well enough that you weren't like jammed in the aisles. So generally speaking, I you know, give it a P plus. It was really good.
0: Yeah, what about you, Jamie? What was your experience? You were mostly on the show floor, right? So you you got maybe more of that perspective than uh, from an education yeah.
1: standpoint. I, I felt like the very first day of Expo was like two days in one. Uh, really, at the end of the day, I was kind of shook my head and said, is this the first day? Is, there's still two and a half, two days more to go. Um, yeah. But no, it was, it felt like, the buzz is back and it was nice to feel busy but also um i don't know if the floor was laid out a little differently if covid had any impact on that but it was busy and full but without being elbows and elbows which was nice um there were a lot of different events that were happening too uh on top of the the conference and expo itself there was a day of discovery that technology designer put together um, that was a really great event. I was, happened to be a part of that. And I think that combining all of those things together really is part of what made the show floor feel so so full, like two days in one. Um, but it was great. It was nice to see people again and <laughs> see our products out on display.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I know that it's different than it used to be. The, the floor, they used to have... Difficulty finding space for all the exhibitors at CDs of old times. You know, <laughs> you'd yeah. have to leak out into side rooms and things. And we did have some demo rooms downstairs, but you had space on the show floor that wasn't being used. And Of course, it's a big convention hall, but uh, so you know, we're not back to that by any means. We're not going to you know kid ourselves that that was what what it was. But for what the show was, what was on display there, it was a very engaging environment and that's what i felt as well and of course seeing familiar faces seeing new new faces um all of that was was great the one uh, you know kind of blind spot for me was i i just booked my schedule on the show floor entirely and i have no time to spare and so getting downstairs to to the classes which i would love an entire show just of that you know and uh be able to sit and listen and learn um but to do both is impossible for me. So I, I literally only got downstairs one, uh, well, a couple once for a demo space, and then once for a class that I, where I was meeting Mitchell Klein after or before he he was doing a, a piece. So, um, but uh, the the best part of the show to me was was running into old friends, and then I know that's a big highlight for everybody that is a returning veteran. Um, that networking, that just getting to see people you you've. Grown in the industry with and seeing you two there. And one of my highlights, honestly, was day two. I was just mentally drained. I'm an introvert. I can't go multiple days and into the night. And I had made no dinner plans on the second night, um, which was actually um, Thursday. And I thought, I am just going to take this in. I'm going to go out to dinner by myself, go back and watch football and just call it a night. And the next day I rallied at a lot better energy the next day. So it was good. But then that next evening I had dinner plans, but then Patrick reached out to me, texted me said, I have a table at the steak, a steak place. Come on by. I would have said the night before, Hey, thanks. Thanks, but I can't. I was ready to do it. Let's go, <laughs> double dinner. Right. I actually went for uh, you know appetizers and, and a couple of drinks. Which thanks, thanks Patrick for for doing that. That was great to catch up with you and your colleague. And um, we, uh, I still made it to dinner and and had a long night, but it was uh, well well worth it to catch up. So um, that all being said, what were some of the trends that things like products? I know it's all incremental these days. It's uh, evolutionary. You know, you don't see things just kind of jump out at you that you didn't expect, but any observations, Patrick, in the short amount of time you were able to be on the floor in terms of what categories were kind of drawing your attention?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was pretty specialized. I really didn't have anything outside of our normal box to go visit because I was so limited on time, but the vendors I did visit, um, you know, Lutron had some amazing, um, new products that they, that they launched that everybody in the world's been waiting on. Uh, Josh AI clearly had a, a massive improvement in what they're offering. And um, you know, quite a few of the speaker manufacturers have some unique uh, differences and things they've kind of capitalized on for the outdoor space specifically. Um, but I think everybody's getting into that small aperture feel. Which you know we doing a lot of us have been doing it for years, but some some have not. They didn't figure it out until this year. Um, those were the highlights of mine. Um, you know the AI stuff is intriguing to me. I'm still not I'm still not going to drink all the Kool Aid yet, but um, it's yeah. very intriguing to me, and I'm anxious to see where it brings it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Josh Josh AI founded many years ago. At this point, with the actual term AI in its name. Um, now now there are other companies doing a version of ai in their kind of programming language ability to sort of speak some commands to train your system to do you know macros essentially but um you know savant is doing that with the apple product um you know it's it's kind of interesting um i mean you, you see a, a ton of video walls obviously that was very evident everywhere you looked it seemed um yeah
1: and they're getting better. And if you can call it more attainable, more attainable. Right. <laughs> so what yeah. what was a million is now half. Um, but uh, Quantum had a fantastic uh, display. I don't know if you had a chance to see that demo. Um, yes. I was really impressed with that one. And I saw them last year, too. And they have they've changed mm-hmm. their video technology. It was obvious that
0: mm-hmm. how good it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Even their presentation was better. I just felt like yeah. they they weren't having to sort of sell so hard at it. They were really just embracing, like we we're figuring this out, and you know we'd love to work with you. It, it was impressive, and right. and they blew you away with the audio too, because that's been sort of the little side pushback from people that maybe are naysayers that where are you yeah. going to put the speakers? But right. they put them around it and made it really loud. <laughs> it was yeah. not limited in audio quality. Um but yeah what that Luchon booth was something, wasn't it, with the uh the experiential world that they created inside there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was. Did, did you prefer the the spa side, Patrick? Or uh what was the other side, the other um theme? I I'm I'm drawing a blank now. I I, I clearly like the spa side better, I guess. Do you remember? <laughs>
2: Yeah, the spa so, side was really nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so that was cool. They did the voiceover thing, which was was kind of kind of cool. And I don't know, Epcot Center, yeah. And then uh, then you had the um, Hunter Douglas. I don't know if you guys went in there. Uh, I've talked about it a few times, but they they launched it last year. This idea of lighting the shades at night so that you can have kind of a lighting design within the room, not just dark shades. And they do the voiceover there too. So. There's all all these cool experiences that the booths are creating. I think um, whether it's lighting or, or audio um, and it's not just a theater demo anymore, you know?
1: Right. Uh, Right. Well, and Leon created a new line of speakers that had lighting in the speaker itself. I don't know if you saw those Jeremy, but they had worked with a, a group, a pair of interior designers to create a whole new aesthetically different looking speaker that is also a, a light sconce.
0: Um, Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah, that, that I, I I'm planning about
1: on that. those in our new showroom. Yeah. Like it looks really neat. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I loved the message from them. Um, whenever I don't get to talk to Noah, I'm a little disappointed. I was talking to somebody else there, but he, the message was really cool. It was like, Everyone else is talking about hiding technology. We're trying to accentuate it or bring it into a design aesthetic, whether it's mid-century modern, whatever their mm-hmm. theme is. But try to make it like sculpture and art and that type of thing. And I'm sure for that that t- that tour you were talking about, Jamie, that must have been a great stop for designers to see. Yeah. There's
1: oh, definitely. Stuff like that available. So just to finish that thought, what I liked about Leon, some of what Leon has to offer is that it takes what you're familiar with or what some people are familiar with, like Sonos soundbars and what have you, and then gives it just another overlay to make it more appropriate for the design of your home. Um, so we stopped at the Leon booth. That was one that we, that we stopped at. We were at quantum as well. Um, just to kind of step back a little bit, the day of discovery was um, a day for the architectural design community, as well as some retailer or um, real estate agents that were in the area. Uh, They had a variety of CEU sessions earlier in the day and then lunch and then guided tours. So not all the, um, not all the tours went to the same booths because I think there Mm. were maybe eight or so different groups that ended up, pairing up and, and visiting a variety of different booths. Um, mm-hmm. We went to quantum Leon. Uh, we also went to control Four, to wall smart. Uh, some of the other booths I think were at Sony Hunter Douglas. Um, gosh, who else was there? DMF I think was on the tour perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a, a good group of really, products that would be a bit more design centric, not necessarily cables and HDMI, you know, cables or tools or anything like that, but something yeah, that infrastructure would appeal to stuff the
0: design. Less ex- exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then it ended, uh, ended outside at Coastal Source, Draper and a few others that were out there. And then um, we went to uh, Morant's had an event at the, at La Meridian. And so it kind of pulled everybody together at the end for, um, a nice demo and then cocktail hour. So
0: that, that's a great event. Um, great idea to, to embrace that com- community for sure.
1: Yeah. And, uh,
0: so, um, yeah, yeah. So you're, um, you're both obviously experienced with, with teaching classes, um, whether it's continuing, it's like CEU type classes for, um, partners in the industry or something at Expo. Um, has, is this the first time you've collaborated on a class? I know it was a kind of a last minute thing, but, uh, have you taught together before? We've taught
1: together before. Mostly at, I think Patrick, mostly we've talked at, uh, the builder show, I think. Together. The builder show,
2: yeah, primarily, yeah. yeah.
1: So this was really the first time that we've paired up to the, to our own community.
2: Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and so Patrick, you, you normally do this with Frank and Frank is is that he's, he's a unique guy, just a a energetic ball of energy, whatever you want to call him. I'm trying to think of the way to describe Frank White when he's, when he's up in front of a class, but, uh. So you, um, you have this class this, that you've done called hardballing. Can you describe the concept yeah. behind it?
2: Yeah. So we did a trial actually at the business exchange, believe it or not, back in 14 or 16. It was one of the breakout sessions we did. We did it as a test to, to prove that, you know, conflict in our business is something that people need to address and they need to deal with because they deal with it on a daily basis and a lot of people just run from it. Hmm. And so we did it as a trial and it just, it went overwhelming. And then the first time we did it at Expo, it sold out. It was like one of the very first classes as well as this year, it sold out immediately. And the energy was amazing. Um, the concept from it basically is that you deal with conflict in our business, whether it's with your own staff, whether it's with it, a customer, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your in-laws, you deal with conflict all the time and so it kind of takes a high level view of what conflict is how to address it where you fall in the grid on how much you deal with conflict or you don't deal with conflict and then we start to start role playing and mm-hmm. i i feel like i'm i'm damn good at it I, it's there's very few customers that can really get under my skin and that i can't come up come back with something right and have it answer i'm almost an over prepper when i go to meetings i gotta i almost prepping for the the right answer all the time. So, um, you know, doing that live with people was awesome. We had this one lady, you know, we started off the session talking about kind of what conflict was. And I said, all right, who's ready to hardball? (laughs) And this gal stood up or didn't stand up, but she raised her hand. She said, let's go. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, we got a live one here. This is cool. And so she was, she was definitely a vet. I mean, she was good. She was really okay. good. As a matter of fact, we offered a mic to her and says, you want to come teach the rest of the class? Because <laughs> we just pretty much did it. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. But it was talking about the, the example we used was design services agreement to get paid for your design. Yeah. And we talked about how yeah. do you overcome that objection with your client when they say, I'm not paying you for anything, you know. And so that was kind of the concept of what started it. And uh, it was back and forth. You know, I just said, "Okay, I'm going to be the customer, and you're going to be the integrator." And I started asking questions and started, you know, hardballing questions to her. And she was on it. I mean, she. And then we flipped roles. Um, And then obviously, we have. I know we had what seven topics, Jamie? I think Mm -hmm. seven. Seven seven scenarios.
1: Yeah, seven areas of conflict that you would run into. Most right,
2: and so I mean, you know, the feedback the last couple of years has been it's more sales based, but I, I'm not in agreement with that. If you're if your lead tech's out in the field, he's your eyes and ears for your company. He's your tech. He's your he's your PM. He's your salesperson. He's kind of everybody, and he's going to deal with everybody in the field. So it's good for everybody in the company, not just the owners right. or the salespeople. And so we just kind of came up with seven scenarios, and Jamie and I just kind of ham and egged it on all these different (laughs) topics and, and uh, came up with some really unique um, scenarios and people really, I I think that the light bulb went off or went on for a lot of them and realized that there really is a way to get over this conflict fear.
1: Yeah. One of the points I was trying to make in the presentation was um, I feel a lot of the conflict really arises within us before it ever comes out between people And so managing your internal conflict, the internal narrative you're telling yourself, the fears you think that will happen, something that might prevent you from picking up the phone and calling somebody or dealing with an issue directly, like that is, it's always an area of personal work when we can look inside first and say, okay, where is this conflict coming from? Am I creating it? in and of myself, or is this really something that does truly exist? Um, because I think tr- we we do create a lot of what could be, what are they thinking? You read an email, it sounds a little salty. What are all the reasons that they could have sent this email? And instead of just reading the email for what it is or picking up the phone and saying, hey, I didn't really understand the the content, you wanna clarify. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's a huge area that anybody If we're focusing on conflict, we can always start within.
2: You know, that's a great point, Jamie, because I thought about that after the class. I'm like, you know, I'm the first person to tell people, did you see that text? Did you see that email that (laughs) client read? And and so I'll say, okay, we're all in the room. Each one of you read it and tell me what you think they said. (laughs) And the answers are always different.
1: Yeah.
2: And I'm like, so what's the answer? Pick up the phone and ask them. Don't assume. Right. And don't let, don't, um, don't just don't read through an email or a text message and just assume one thing or another. Right. right. And so you're right. It's an internal conflict to get over it before you deal with it.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you could take this from just being like you said, a management or a sales uh, sort of lesson or exercise and be a management exercise because you're not only dealing with conflict from maybe clients and you're the top person that's going to take the heat. Uh, or it's your own team conflict within your, you know, your staff that uh, people need to have some mediation on. So there's, there's management angles as well. Um, what are some of the other scenarios that you did besides the, uh, the pushback on on a, you know, p- paying for a design service?
1: Well, one of them you just kind of alluded to, which is on the the management side, um, as a business owner, you know, we charge $125 an hour for our install work, and yet we don't pay our installers $125 an hour. We don't pay them half that most of the time. And so a lot of times in business, we'll get the question of, well, you only pay me $25, $30 an hour, but you bill out for this, so you should pay me more. And mm-hmm. that you should pay me more question came up as a hardball. Well, what do we do when your employee who's been with you for however long, maybe a long time, says, hey, I'm worth more?
0: Yeah, that, that's especially tough these days with uh, everyone's labor rates having to go up and inflation, you know, just the cost of living for people.
2: One of my favorite ones, I think, was it always comes up, a lot of people, especially they're hungry for work and they're they're desperate for work, right? You just get started as an integrator and you're hungry. You just take anything and everything. And we kind of put the scenario, well, why do you take everything, right? And so you'll have a client that says, well, I just moved from either house. It's I've got eight-year-old equipment. Will you just install it for me? Or, hey, I just bought some speakers off of Amazon and they're 69 bucks a pair. Should I buy four-pair? I mean, how do you ob- how do you object to that? How do you how do you decide as a company what you will or will not do? And so we spend a lot of time on that. Like if you don't understand, and if you got four sales pieces of four sales individuals in your company, and all of them are you're not telling the same story, you've got to circle back and make sure everybody's on the same page.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great training training uh, lesson for sure. Um. Yeah, because you, you don't want to get in those scenarios where you're working with um, you're, you're not doing you're, it's not profitable, obviously, to, to go into those kind of scenarios. And it happens, I'm sure, all the time. Um, so, um, you know, uh, I, I think that's actually the one on the description of your class that caught my attention because I, I've heard that so often happening. So um, must have been re- must have resonated with everyone
2: there. Well, the big part was that if you do take on that work and you do decide that that's the type of work you want or it's an existing client, you're just giving them a a once over, right? Then you maybe should change it and not give them a hard bid. Maybe it should be 100% time material because labor is 100% profit if you're billing correctly. You're going to lose out on the revenue of the equipment, but you're going to at least make make it up on all the labor.
0: Right. That makes sense. Today's episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by NICE, the global manufacturer of smart home security and building automation solutions. NICE is bringing together 30 years of innovation with award-winning products from Elan, SpeakerCraft, and Panamax to create a holistic ecosystem for builders, integrators, and consumers. Learn more about how you can create one home with one solution at go.nice.org. For you.com backslash RTT. Well, so you had a full class and a, a good uh, good interaction from everyone there. Um, did you feel like this is a, a class that's going to just keep keep going, and you feel like there's anything you need to change for the future based on the experience.
1: Maybe more time, I guess, would be the only thing. I think we could maybe add another thirty minutes potentially for some more Q and A or uh, actual role play. Right. But, Mm. um, it was potentially we could maybe try and cut it down from seven to five, uh, to have some more time, but it is, it is challenging, you know, to, you want to try to get through more than just sales objections. You want to, we want to try to touch on, um, management and then business owner objections and conflict that you find. So, you need a couple examples for each of those. And if we had about a half hour and had some more time for Q and think the class would have been even better.
2: And that was well, some of the feedback we got. Is it, you know, make it so that it's relative to all disciplines of the company, sales, field management, you know, employee, whatever. And so maybe a little mixture of different scenario role-playing, um, but once we got that one gal out, out of the way, I mean, everybody like, their eyes lit up. They're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> you need her every year as, as your plant in the audience to get <laughs> yeah. juices flowing. No yeah. So uh, how long is the class? Was it an hour or an hour and a half?
2: I believe it was two hours or an hour and a half. Oh my it God. was an hour and, and a half. I think
1: it was an hour and a half. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. It, it could have been. an that's hour and a half. And I think we've that's done impressive. two hours in the past.
0: Yeah, you yeah. feel like the the attention span of all of us has gotten so short. The fact that they wanted more that that's telling you something about how how much they enjoyed it and what what they're learning from it. So, congrats
2: on that. Yeah, I mean, it's very tough to take over a Frank White, you know, in a room like that because he just he his energy is amazing. I mean, he he got me into this. Right, he's a, yeah. a big mentor of mine and. He scared the crap out of me when I first started the industry. I'd get in his class and nobody raised her hand. Nobody wanted to be object because he was the master objector. He could he could handle any situation. Yeah. And so the fact that we're twenty 20 plus years later and I'm actually on, up front teaching with him, and now with Jamie, it's just it's amazing how how much that's influenced me and helped me in my career.
0: And Jamie, had you attended this class before um, when when it was Patrick and Frank, or is this the first time?
1: I did okay. actually. I think it was 2019 whenever I attended it last, mm-hmm. um, and it was Frank and Patrick were teaching it. Uh, I was assessing the class even at the time, so I was listening for like the quality of the content as well as picking up nuggets of conflict management. Um, and we, Frank and I, definitely have different styles, but I I feel that I did as good of a job as I could wearing his shoes for the 90 no minutes doubt. that we had and um it would have been even great even better if he could have been in the room too i mean you know how, how much more energy could we have then but we definitely would have needed another 30 minutes if we did that <laughs>
2: <laughs> so jeremy we gave away these little balls these little baseballs to all our cl- all, everybody in the class as part of the hardballing session everybody uh-huh. kind of took them back as a little little memento of the class so hopefully it'll it'll take on and you know, they'll request more of it next year. Yeah.
0: Well, that's great. You know, the great thing about CD education is the, um, are the, the returning classes, the returning instructors who people just love, and maybe haven't even known that they existed until they took the class. And then the next year they want to do it again. Um, but then the new, the new faces, and I, I really did an assessment of all the classes and they're, there was a great blend and a really, really um, amazing collection of, of classes and um, panels this year. So obviously AI was a big topic and maybe Jamie, you just finished on um, telling us a little bit about that three hour, I think it was um, piece that you, you attended on Wednesday
1: yep, about Wednesday.
0: AI. Mm-hmm. I, I'm remiss that I didn't get to go to that.
1: Yeah. It was a half day symposium uh, where we had lunch um, a presentation on what AI is. Uh, another presentation of applying it to life and business. Um, there was a, a marketing recap. Uh, Ron Callis talked about how he uses AI as part of his um, as part of what he does with One Firefly. And then I think all of that really led up to a panel discussion that had four folks in the industry, not all integrators. Um, Ari Supra, is that his last mm-hmm. name was Sonance was there yep. and talked about how he used um, AI and chat GPT to write HR, um, like blog, not blog post. Um, I'm sorry, uh, job descriptions mm. and um, interview profiles to get that, like get the right question to try to elicit the response from someone so you can tell if they'd be a good fit for your company or not. Mm-hmm. It was really fascinating. There was another gentleman that talked about how he uses a program called Make to automatically write uh, client scopes of work just by uh, having it read the DTools document. So wow. it reads the DTools document and creates a scope of work without any human interaction, which is fantastic. Wow. Um, there was another, there were two other People And I have like pages of notes, but I just I left so inspired out of like, OK, we can and we can use AI today. We can use it to fill a gap. We've got a couple of bottlenecks in our own company. And this could be an area that we lean into beyond helping us write blog posts, like beyond right. something kind of basic, like responding to an email. Um, that, that (laughs) scope generation was like, wow, oh my gosh, how much time could we save if we just got 80% of the way there without having to even think about it? Um, it was, it was really incredible. And I think out of all of it though, is that the takeaway is that you don't just jump right into it if you're going to be successful. Like Mm -hmm. you really, if, if we are going to, and we need to embrace AI as a company and most integrators should. We should develop our own kind of AR committee or AI committee within our company that looks at ethics and best policies and what have you to put some healthy boundaries around how you decide to use AI in your company. And then the flip side of that is, you know, three, five, 10 years in the future, who knows how far in, we can all look very similar digitally Mm. if a client is looking for and, you know, we have great mechanisms to make ourselves findable and look professional. And so the the final element that was really hit in the symposium was to remain human. And yeah. then um, as as wonderful as AI is and it, as digitally perfect as we could look, we still have to have a human touch. And that is really what people are going to end up doing business with in the long term, because if you look the same as your competitors, your price the same as your competitors, They need to do work with humans that they really can trust
0: that's a great message for sure yeah absolutely and then that's really given me some ideas on on where um where it could be useful too if you have trouble we've always had trouble finding good people and if you're not replacing someone but you're filling a gap that you can't find someone to to do that work um then that's uh that that's a good management decision um you know, I think it where it goes wrong is when you're dealing with like you're talking about the uh, the actors strike and the or the writers strike. I'm sorry in Hollywood and how they were concerned that the studios were going to start re- rewriting scripts with AI and not using writers, um, taking away jobs and taking away you know. ability to create so you know that that's a different area area but uh what you're talking about i think there's a way to to do it and not go down the wrong path so good good insight there and i'm sure we'll continue to see that category covered in cd education and elsewhere so um look forward to that and thank you both so much for your time today it was great catching up and just kind of scratch the surface but uh Have a great rest of your week, and uh, thanks for your time.
1: Thanks for having me. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Jeremy.
2: Appreciate it.
0: Patrick Hartman is General Manager of Technology Design Associates in Reno, Nevada. You can learn more about his company at tdareno.com. Jamie Briesmeister is CEO and co-founder of Integration Controls in St. Louis, Missouri. You can learn more about her company at integrationcontrols.com. And that wraps up today's show, which was produced by Residential Tech Today, IPW, and Pretty Easy podcasts. Please check out prettyeasypodcast.com if you want professional and affordable production help on your own podcast. And if you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you watched or listened to this episode. Also check out all the latest residential tech news at our magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Thursday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. Residentual and lighting specialist to art residential to add. to buy or smart
1: house.